This is EdTech Weekly. I'm your host, Ricky Zager, and this is episode 97. And in tonight's show, Chegg announces a huge data breach. Personalized learning tools can boost equity. Universities are investing in cybersecurity pathways. AR and VR is bringing learning into the future. And our featured segment is three personal security tips from us here at EdTech Weekly. Yeah, that's us. And we have three tips for you, so stick around at the end of the show. No Christy tonight, unfortunately. I had to do a little bit later recording than usual, and I couldn't lock down a time. But again, we are doing this 10 weeks in a row of podcasts and videos, so this is the first week of that. So we're going to make sure to do the show even though we could not connect. So hopefully Christy will be with us next week. I know that's always better for the show. Um, But again, unfortunately, not tonight. But let's go ahead and get going as we always do with that EdTech News Rundown. And our first story is from CNBC, and it brings us some alarming news from a couple of days ago. Chegg, which is a publicly traded online textbook rental company, announced a data breach of approximately 40 million of its users. They announced this and that they plan to start letting users know, and I think they should get on that. Uh, this may also affect some of their family of brands, which includes EasyBib, which is another widely used product. The data they got access to includes names, emails, shipping addresses, and passwords. This is not data to be taken lightly, especially if you're someone who uses the same password in multiple places. And if you're one of the people that does that, you should stick around for our three security tips, passwords tips, because, uh, spoiler alert, one of the tips is to not be that person. And these security breaches aren't going away, so personal security is more important than ever. And one of the first things you should do if you have an account with Chegg or one of its uh, brands like EasyBib is to change your password and change the password of any other accounts you have if it's the same password as that. Now, as EdTech continues to grow, this is going to happen even more in the EdTech world. So you need to be as prepared as you can. And again, make sure you stick around for those three tips for password security that we're going to be bringing later on the show. All right, our next story. EdTech Magazine explains how personalized learning is the path to equity in the classroom. Equity, according to the National Equity Project, is defined as each child receiving what they need to develop their full academic and social potential. And it's also important to mention that when they say personalized learning in this instance, they're referring to competency-based systems where students advance as they prove they are ready. Now, as you dig into this article, it's also important to note that they're really talking about perfectly designed and executed personalized learning with learning outcomes, assessments, and differentiations that all work together. Um, I think this is an important distinction to make. Just because a program allows students to move through as they master something doesn't mean that it's going to improve equity. It has to be developed and planned correctly in order to do that. So make sure if you're looking at a competency-based program, you drill down into those objectives, the assessments, and that differentiated support that's given, and also tying those to the outcomes to make sure that they're built correctly and that they're going to fulfill the needs of your students. And this is always important when it comes to ed tech, and we talk about this a lot, but we need to make sure that not only is it the system that we want to be using, but it's also done correctly. Because just because they can you know, add, navigate through and go through at their own pace doesn't mean that all those other things are set up correctly. So make sure that's going on as well. All right, our next story, which is in EdTech Magazine, and it explains that higher ed is starting to build new facilities 
and corporate partnerships to close the cybersecurity skills gap. Now, according to a McAfee cybersecurity skills report in 2016, only 7% of the top universities that were surveyed offered a cybersecurity undergraduate degree. And it is expected that there will be about 3.5 million cybersecurity jobs unfilled by 2021. And it seems that cybersecurity and programming are both on the same track here, being well short of expected needs in the next several years. And while universities are developing programs and building spaces that mimic real security operation centers, it's not just universities that have an interest in these programs that are being created. IBM and Cisco and a host of other companies are also putting money out there towards things like awards and competitions to find the best talent that's out there. I think there's some interesting layers to this as well, considering that hacking has ethical considerations as well. And many programs begin to teach how to be an ethical hacker and look at how to protect the systems business need to be protected. So this work gets interesting for me. The amount of cybersecurity experts needed, how are we going to be vetting these students in these programs? Because at some point we're teaching those who are interested in hacking, possibly unethical hacking, the ways that they are attempting to be stopped. So, you know, this is kind of the new Wild West, if you ask me. And be looking for a Netflix series possibly coming up about this soon. If, and forgive me if there already is one. But, you know, this is going to be something that's going to be really interesting because of that volume of students that need to be trained on this, it's going to be kind of difficult to make sure that these systems are being taught the right way and making sure students who may not have the best intentions are not getting too far in these programs because... That can be pretty dangerous for security as well. All right, our final story, which is from EdTech Times. We learn about how virtual and augmented reality is bringing education and training into the future. And the reality is that this type of technology is no longer just in sci-fi movies. And this is happening right before our very eyes. You know, For a quick review, AR, or augmented reality, is the process of overlaying digital things on real worlds on the real world, sorry, through a tablet, smartphone, or other device like that. And VR, or virtual reality, is an entirely digitally created environment that can be viewed in 360 degrees through the use of a headset. Um, And some of the things already using these technologies include Google Earth VR, which allows students to be digitally placed with and surrounded by the area of the world they choose. It gives them a first-person view of what things look like in three dimensions. And Google Expeditions also is there, and that allows for AR and VR experiences, much like field trips, but without leaving the classroom. Now, while these systems have been unreachable before in terms of price, they are coming down. Um, And Google Expedition, it's still not cheap, but a classroom set is about $10,000. And uh, I guess, you know, when you think about it, a classroom set of iPads is probably about the same, if not maybe even a little bit more, depending on what kind of iPads you get. So um, it's definitely becoming more affordable. And they also explain how Microsoft is using a combination of VR and AR called MR, which is mixed reality, to change workforce training methods as well. Now, like it or not, AR, VR, and even MR is here, and it's here to stay. And if you're excited about the possibilities of this, then you should definitely check out edtechweeklyshow.com so you can learn more about that. And that's our website. Again, we're posting those stories up there. And uh, we've had some a couple issues in the past with the website. And I'm still trying to get on track with putting all those stories up there. But they will be there. Uh, look for all of everything to be updated by tomorrow. Um, 
again, if you are interested in any of those articles or any of the previous articles that we talked about, you can check out edtechweeklyshow.com. And if you want to contact us, edtechweekly at gmail.com is a good way to do it. That's how um, we've had a lot of people contact us. And, you know, that's 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 basically how our co-hosts have shown up. And that's how Christy is here. So it's pretty exciting stuff. Edtechweekly at gmail.com. And follow her at Christy M. Warren or me at Four Tech Teachers on Twitter. Well, so let's get to our featured segment. And essentially, this is three security password tips that I think everyone should be using um, as we move on. And if you're not doing these things, I really, really think you should. In the video this week that's going to be coming from, on our YouTube channel, and I'll put it on Facebook and I'll, uh, I'll tweet it out as well. Um, I'll be editing it this weekend to put it out. But it's going to be... Um, getting a little more detailed into this and giving us one of the solutions that I use uh, for password management. But let's just go ahead and go through these three tips that I have for you. And I think if you follow these things, your safety and security is going to be a m- much better than it is if you're not doing these things. So the first thing is use complex passwords and change them multiple times a year. Um, just don't fall into it's easier to use names and dates and my dog's names and all these types of things because what happens is when people are trying to hack into your account, the passwords that are using names or using normal repeated patterns that a lot of people use are easier to hack. And I think we might have this image when we think about somebody who's hacking um, and trying to get our passwords is some guy sitting there trying to do multiple things like just, oh, I know their dog's name is Fido, so I'm going to put Fido1, Fido2. And it's really not done like that at all. It is a complex complex, sorry, algorithm that sort of just tries multiple things, and it does, depending on how much processing power they have, they can try m- hundreds and hundreds of things in, in, in a second, and they can just continue to move on through and try different ones. So it's something that you need to think about in terms of, just not making it easier for their programs to hack and get in. A lot of times, if it takes too long, they'll move on to the next account that they're trying to hack. So essentially, using complex letters, characters, numbers um, that aren't in a any sort of pattern that makes sense are going to be a lot harder for those programs they're using to hack your password. So use the most complex password that you can. And that alone is pretty awesome to do. And I know people say, well, I can't remember them. And don't worry, tip number three is going to help you with that. But tip number two is the best way to continue to be even more secure is to use two-factor authentication whenever you possibly can. And most sites allow this now, especially banking and all those other types. Using two-factor authentication means you have to have a device that is tied to you when you set it up. So that means it's sending a code to you or you're using an app like Google Authenticator and you're coming up with a code in real time when you're trying to log in. It is an extra step. And I know some people go, I don't want to have to go through all that. I'm telling you, it is very easy. It works well. And it's something that I think you should be doing as well. Um, If you're not sure if a site that you're using or want to use has two-factor authentication, you can go to two-factor, T-W-O, factor, F-A-C-T-O-R, auth, A-U-T-H dot org. And you can look through categories there. And if you're looking for a solution in one of those categories and aren't sure which one to choose, make sure it's got two-factor authentication. And they also have some pretty cool features that, you know, we've talked about this before in EdTech Weekly, but they also have pretty cool features that allow you to uh, hit them with social media if they're not using two-factor authentication to make sure they are starting to use that. So 
is it possible that someone could hack you even if you're using super complex passwords and two-factor authentication? Yeah, everything's possible, but the likelihood is so far down when it comes to them being able to hack you and being able to get in your accounts if you use those two things that I say definitely use them. Now, let's address the fact that a lot of people are probably saying, well, I can't remember all these difficult passwords. One of the reasons why I use names is because it's so much easier to remember. I get it. And I used to use things like that too, repeated words, repeated phrases that were made my life easier. But several years ago, I switched these complex passwords and started using a password management system. And that's tip three. You should definitely start using a password management system. There's such things as LastPass, 1Password, msecure. Look, search online, find some highly rated one. I personally recommend 1Password. It works across all devices. And uh, the video that I'm going to put out is going to get into a little more, more detail about 1Password. But it's definitely something that you should look into. It allows you to, to um, it gives you actually feedback on whether passwords are in, not secure. It allows you to change them very easily. And there's a lot of features like browser um, extensions that you can use for Chrome and for Safari and the others that make it easier to enter your passwords. And I'm telling you that this is something that, you know, these three things, if you start doing these, if you haven't been, you should start. And if you do, you're going to be a lot more secure. Now, again, some people will say, well, can't somebody hack into the password management system? And all of these things are possible. But to the level of security and to the level of encryption that these things are done on your device, um, even with a two-factor authentication, um, it's on your device. It, it It's very secure. And again... It, can you not ever be hacked? That's not true because we know for a fact that companies that hold our information get hacked, not necessarily us. But it's going to make it a lot easier for you to switch passwords, for you to know which passwords have been affected. And you're not going to have to change all of your passwords when one place gets affected or one um, company's like... Um, Excuse me if I <laughs> need to just scroll back so I can find the name of this thing. Chegg's, um, or, or if you're using EasyBib or any of the Chegg textbook rental um, services. Now, if you have that same password in multiple places, you're going to be busy changing those passwords. But as long as you keep every password unique, use a complex password, use two-factor authentication when you can, and use a password management system, it is not going to affect you nearly as much as somebody who doesn't do those things. So those are the three tips Use complex passwords, use two-factor authentication, and use a password management system. If you do, I think you're going to be really happy with the level of security that you feel. And again, is it possible? Of course, it's always possible, but we need to do the best we can to make it as difficult as possible for anyone else to get into our accounts and get into our information. All right, well, that does it for the show. I hope you enjoyed those three tips, and I hope you enjoyed some of the news stories as well. And again, I know it's not quite as exciting when we don't have Christy here as well. She brings a nice little, if nothing else, a change of the voice. But she also has some awesome um, feedback and some awesome perspectives when it comes to ed tech. So we really appreciate her being on the show. And I apologize to her and to you that she wasn't able to be on the show tonight because of my schedule. But uh, that's it. Once again, follow us at 4TechTeachers or at Christy M. Warren. And uh, check out edtechweeklyshow.com. And uh, hit up that Reddit, edtechweekly reddit.com and uh, submit some stories or any interesting security tips or even some uh, programs that you use if you want to submit them there on that subreddit as well we'd appreciate it so uh, yeah that's about it and uh, we'll see you next time on ed tech weekly